Yeah. Thank you. Yay. Have power. Well, I heard this teacher. Well, first, I'm going to welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys and everybody here. I heard this teacher. She said, in today's day and age, we hear a lot of negative comments. And the, the students, there's just elementary class kids, and they agreed, I guess. I mean, they're just looking at the teacher kind of like, yeah, you know. She said, yeah, have, has anybody in this room ever been called stupid? And uh, the kids all just kind of looked because they're kind of afraid. And she said, or because of that, you've been called that a lot. And you, you just, you feel stupid. You think you're stupid. If that's you, we just, I just want, I just want you to stand. Well, the kids just looked around. Nobody stood up. Finally, in the very back, after she tried again, Tommy stood up. And she said, Tommy. Thanks for being brave to stand. So you think you're stupid? She said, no, I just didn't want you standing up by yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Maddie, for those jokes. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, God is so good. Um, we, you know, we thought we were going to get maybe one to three inches of snow, and obviously we did not. So, um, so when you find out with your neighbors, like, hey, how come you didn't come to church? If they say snow, you just look at them. We didn't get it. Um, but we've been talking about financial stewardship. We are in actually week four. So we've been talking a lot about money. And I, w- I wanted to tell you uh, and show you in the word God's view of this, not mine, not uh, PBology or anything like that, something I came up with or something that I'm trying to do. But isn't this like what we feel as, as uh, Americans and in and, and this nation and there's you know, have you been in the store and heard people, or just yourself, looked at prices that have went up? And this is what you feel like. You just get money, and it's just like, it just, as soon as I get it, it just, So, you know, because that is how it seems, we have to get past what our natural senses are doing and what they're saying. We have to get to what God is doing. And he's always doing something, and it's always good. And he has a plan and a purpose and if we would do things God's way, we would find things will go a lot smoother. Things are, are taken care of a lot better. And uh, so just using the money that he has blessed you with. We've been talking in Luke uh, about the steward, that the unfaithful steward, so to speak, and, and how he just squandered the, the master's money. He stole it. He was using it for himself and then found another means. We're going to talk about that. But we, we were, we're trying to figure out that we got to get in our mind, we are not owners of, we are stewards. What we have is God's. God is the source of everything that we have. And just so that you know, then I can relate, because sometimes people just think, Brett, he doesn't even know. He doesn't know what it's like. We have, Kim and I have been bankrupt before. Now, I'm not proud of that, but that's been many, many years ago. We have been on financial aid. We have been on the welfare system. We have went up through the ranks. We know what that's like. And in the midst of that, we were finding out how to do things God's way, and God was blessing us, and we were still having the guy come with Cheerios and cheese and peanut butter, and the guy across the street was getting the Schwann truck. You know, and, you know, we're like, oh, man, and the kids are like, they're getting ice cream. So, you know, I mean, we, we get it. We know what that's like. 
not really because either of us were raised that way, but our mindsets grew up in the earth curse system, in the system of the world where this is just how it is. You know, it's just give and take. And I get there are principles, and I understand that. But our mindset was religious and legalistic, and it was, honestly, it was just wrong when it came to finances. I, I grew up thinking I could never have enough. I would never have enough. There are people that always had the good stuff. I, I was just somebody that was like outside the candy store looking in, and I could see it, and I was allowed to see it, but I couldn't have it unless they gave it to me, and I felt like I would have to beg, and I didn't want to do that. I don't know if that can relate to any of you. I went to school with a, a young man. I don't know if he's still alive. <clears throat> but I went to school with him through my elementary years. His name was Bobby Fields. So, Bobby, if you're watching, for all you do, this story's for you. So... Bobby was he was a great kid great basketball he didn't even look like a basketball player but the kid practiced relentlessly he had a hoop outside of his house on his garage and he could make a shot from anywhere around that and so when we played basketball in elementary school I was smart enough because I've been to Bobby's house I wanted to be on Bobby's team because I knew if he shot the ball he's probably going to make it and man he did Anyway, I ate lunch with Bobby, and every day Bobby at lunch would have name brand snacks. His mom would make him some kind of a cool sandwich. I didn't get that. I didn't get the cool sandwich thing. I did get some bologna from time to time. Peanut butter was a standby. I love peanut butter, but I would get peanut butter and jelly. I got a mustard sandwich before. That's no fun. I mean, the guys are like, hey, where, where, where's the meat? I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I guess we, mom said, well, we didn't have any, so I thought you just like the mustard and the bread. Enjoy that. But um, Bobby would have hostess fruit pies, hostess king-dongs, ding-dongs, ding-a-lings, whatever they're called, ho-hos. He had them all, Twinkies. I mean, everything they, he would have, at every, and he, he didn't even care because he got them all the time. It was like no big deal for him. He would swap with people. And I would try to swap him my oatmeal raisin cookies for his King Dongs or something, or better yet, a cherry fruit pie. Sometimes he would do it, sometimes not. Sometimes I would, hey, I'll give you these cookies and this black banana. <laughs> no thanks, I'm good. Uh, but I mean, it was just, my mindset was like, I just want, and I remember asking my mom, why I couldn't have those kind of things. And she said, because they cost too much money. And on the way home from school, there was a grocery store, a little mom and pop dime store where you could buy penny candy. Remember that? Some of you that are my age, you go in there and you could buy them, them wonderful chewy cinnamon things that get stuck in your teeth, but they're fun. Well, maybe adults don't think so, but I thought they were great. And you could get, I remember you could get a big bag of Doritos because my sister, she loved Doritos for 43 cents. I don't know why I remember 43 cents, but I remember that. You could go in there and it was just, so sometimes I would sell the cookies just to go home and eat something before I got home that was at least edible. Um, so uh, that was our mindset. It was just like we never had enough. We had to scrounge to get something. Um, and, and so growing up that way, and I'm, I'm not making excuses because, you know, we all have to either come to where we are now. No matter how you were brought up, you got to face the mirror because you got to go forward. But I, to, to honor my parents, they didn't, you know, they didn't deprive me on purpose. 
their mindset was probably think of what they had to go through with their parents or the Great Depression or whatever they went through. I mean, so, you know, we all got, we all got laundry. We all got stuff we had, to, we had to switch. I'm asking you in this series to switch. God, help us to switch our mindset. We grew up and got familiar how to stretch a dollar, but we had this poverty mindset of we can't have. We have to save for everything, and there's nothing wrong. I think you should save. But it was very, our mindset was almost like we couldn't see ourselves prospering. Can I say, as we, before we even go forward, if you, you need to understand that God gave you your imagination. Kim and I have been listening to so much of the word. But he gave you your imagination, and you have to be able to see to be able to be. So you have to start seeing yourself. Do you see yourself healed? Do you see yourself healthy? Do you see yourself prospering? Do you see yourself with more than enough? Do you see yourself blessing people? Some of us, we don't have that mindset. It's not because we don't want it. It's just like, I've never seen it. I don't believe God wants you to, to be poor and have that type of mindset. We've been there, and we've also been blessed. I like blessed better. It's like, I've, have you ever been sick? I've been sick. I like being healthy much better than sick. I don't like being sick. So when anything comes that is sickness that attacks my body, I'm on it like white on rice. I don't want it. I'm not supposed to have it, so I will attack it with the word. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So I want to show you in this series how you can live better, have God bless you, and uncover kingdom principles along the way that you're like, I could do that. And see, that's my heart. I want to show you something that you could say, I could do that. Brett, if you just show me, it's almost like, don't you hate it when you go up to somebody and they've lost like mega weight and you're like, how'd you do that? And they said, stopped eating. Huh? It's like, or asking somebody that got a whole string of fish, where'd you catch those? Water. Yeah. I know that. But you want details. How did you do that? How did that happen? What did you uncover? How did that work? Now, there's some things that maybe they work for somebody and don't work for you, but the kingdom will work for you. It'll work for everyone. There's no person that this won't work for. Okay? You need to understand. Well, it'll work for you, brother, but it won't work for me. That is a lie from hell. That is the enemy just trying to get you off track. Bottom line is God wants you blessed. I'm going to give you the truth. And you're going to experience some freedom in your faith and in your finances. And then this isn't for me. This isn't for my selfish gain. When I teach on healing, I'm not teaching on when I'm praying for people to be healed. It's not, I'm not praying for me to be healed. I'm praying for you to be healed. And I'm not saying I've arrived because I haven't. I'm still learning, so please understand. I'm trying to show you the laws of the kingdom. The, the ones that, I, that God has showed me, I have pursued, and I see that they work. I believe he wants us to walk in divine health and wellness. In other words, we don't get sick. We just walk healthy. We just stay healthy. But we've been talking about Luke 16, about the unjust steward. And he was told this, get your books in order, because I hear that you've been stealing from me. And if that's the case, basically he says, I'm going to fire you. And this, this guy, now he goes on past it. You remember the story I told you about being in the restaurant at Cedar Point with Pastor Gary? And the waitress said, oh, she didn't have to pay for that. Mac and cheese. 
and she did because she didn't, you know, it wasn't fair. She's not in charge of that buffet. So we did all that. This, this unjust steward now, he figures this out. He says, well, I'm, I haven't saved anything. You already know when we read the scripture, he hadn't planned, he hadn't saved. This is just now I have nothing. So he decides this. He said, what if I go to the people that owe the master money and I ask them, how much do you owe? They'll tell me and I'll tell them, cut this. So he's still stealing. He's stealing from the master, but he's just figuring another way to do it. So let's just say they owed $10,000 to the master. He's saying you owe five. One case, he gives them 50% off. He just, he just told, basically said, you don't have to pay the master five grand. What if the bill was more than 10? I mean, they're just giving you a couple of examples of what he did. The point is, he was authorizing this, and he didn't have the power to do it. It wasn't, in his, it wasn't his money. It was the master's money. He did not consent with the master. But he was using the money to influence the people that he cut their bill down so they would feel guilty or feel like, hey, he's trying to help me. So when he got fired and he's out on his keister, he could go to them and they would be like, they'd have pity on him and they'd give him some food or give him a place to stay. So that's what he's doing. So then his master finds out, and now this is what I think is cool. The master is not so stuck on his own money that he doesn't see what happened. Instead of just honing in on, buddy, you've been stealing. I caught your hand in the drawer. He sees what he finally did, and he sees his motive, and he throws him a compliment. And that's what messes with people. Now, he's still going to fire him. You've got to understand, the guy's still toast. He's not, he's not going to retain his job. He's already proved he's not worthy. I, I, you get that. But he, throws, he says this. He sees what his motive was. And I want you to see that because the master, didn't, his money wasn't his source. He wasn't so tied that everything wrapped around the money. Do you understand? Well, let me make this. Um, <laughs> sometimes, have you ever got something? Oh, this is a silly example, but I'll give it to you. We went, my grandson, Arrow, he likes nugwits, which is his word for nuggets. Chicken nugwits. All God's children love chicken nugwits. And so when he goes and he gets a Happy Meal, there are certain things he wants in a Happy Meal. Nugwits, barbecue sauce, fries, and this is a biggie, apple slices, and white milk. And a prize. Prize is always good, you know. And he'll say, and I want the toy. And so, obviously, his parents and grandparents were like, well, if you, you know, you eat your food and you can have the, you know, we'll get you the toy. Well, we went to one McDonald's, and he's all excited because we were just, that's what he's going to eat. That's not what, we, you know, we weren't eating nuggets and that. So, but anyway, that's what he wanted. And we got and we drove away. No apple slices. And as far as Arrow was like, the devil is at work. There are no apple slices. <laughs> I break that. <laughs> That's what he would say. I break that. But there's no apple slices and toy. 
So we had to go to another one. Now, I wouldn't have to, but being pots, I said, well, we'll just, he will get his apple slices. We went, and I got his apple slices and all that stuff. My point is, sometimes you don't get, you, you just have to, you, don't, you can't be so tied to what, I couldn't be so tied to the Happy Meal. It was five bucks. Now, part of me wanted to drive back to where we got it and say, who put this Happy Meal together? My grandson didn't get any apple slices, and this is a, this is, this is a, a this is appalling. You know, but they make like two cents an hour. What, what good is that going? You know what I mean? I'm saying it's five dollars. So either I just sometimes you're going to have to understand you cannot be so tied to money. It was my decision to go get him another Happy Meal. I wouldn't have had to. We could have probably sufficed him with something else. But my point is this master is not so stuck on the money. He sees this guy's motive. Uh, I want you to find God as your source. Money is just a tool. You dominate it, you control it, and its function in your life. Vast majority of people let money talk. Did you know money talks? It tells you what to, you know, if you, when you get paid, money's like, oh, you need this. It talks to you when you want a pizza, doesn't it? <laughs> All that money's screaming, tubbies. <sighs> tells you what you can or cannot do. And so what I'm trying to get to you is, and I have done this in the past, we limit God by our small thinking. I, I could never have a fruit pie in my lunch. My kid, you know, because I, I, if you, as a man thinks in his heart, what's the Bible say? So is he. If, you, if that's what you think, when you look in the world, what, what you have right now, it's because that's the world you've made. So we have to get to where we're like, okay, God, there's room for improvement. I don't know about you, but I got room for improvement. So I don't want to limit him. I've limited him by my small thinking when it comes to this church and this building and finances, all of that. I've looked at what we have or what we don't have in the savings, what we, what we owe, what the mortgage is, what the bills are, and, you know, that kind of stuff. And it really, that's got to be a wrong mindset because God is our source. It was him that set this building up. I didn't set this building up. God did. It was him that made this whole thing happen. I didn't do that. God did. But if I limit God, I never move forward. We as a church don't move forward. See, God can do more than you or I could we could ever ask or think. But the enemy wants to keep a rein on your thinking. He's the one that gives you stinking thinking. You can't do this. You can't have that. You'll never have that. You'll never be wealthy. You're just this. You're just that. Look at all what you've done wrong. Blah, 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 blah. It's almost like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. I'm changing my mindset. I'm believing God for things and not really even considering God, if that's what you want, doesn't matter what it costs, if that's what you want. How are you going to do it? Not my job. My job is to believe. Your job is to do, if that's what you want. So let me clarify. This isn't a license to do stupid stuff. <laughs> Just I got to put that in there. <laughs> I'm Brett Gleesman, and I approve of this message. 
Just so, oh, pastor said I could just go out. and No, that's not what I'm saying. It's an license. There is a balance in all of this. But God has to be involved with you and give you the plan. He has done stuff in my life now that I thought that I've already done that. I've already given glory for it. And because I'm preaching it, he's saying, I want you to do this. I'm like, are you talking to me? God, I've done that. He said, yeah, a long time ago. And he's pushed me to do more things now. And I found myself without even realizing it. And I told the core leaders today, it's almost like when you, you go to the beach on the ocean and you put your blanket down, you go right out maybe 25, 50 yards. And you're playing out there, you know, you're only in waist high water and you look up and you're like, where's my blanket? And your blanket's clear over here. And the tide has kind of moved you. I don't know if it's tide or whatever that is, it moves you. And you, and you didn't even realize it. And that's what kind of happens with our mind. We get our mind, we're so involved in the world, we need to be more involved in the word. Because the more involved we are in the word, we can keep our mind stationed on God and focused. But it's easy to get involved in just everyday things. And I understand that. But I don't want money to dictate to me what kind of facility God wants here. I want God to say, the rest will follow. What do you want here, God? Can I get an amen? To do things, now just to give you an idea, we need to pay an architect for drawings for the vision that he gives us. We've already met with him once, but to meet with him now, it's gonna, we'll have to pull out the wallet. We'll have the phases of the vision, we have to post on the, the board out there where the TV is in the foyer. We need permits to move the walls, take down the ceilings that are out in Kidstown, adjust the sprinklers, because we'd like to have some soaring ceilings. We'd like to maybe even put a play set of some kind in there or something. There's a lot of things we'd like to do, but we have to make those things to that happen. New design, we'd like to take that wall that's on that side by the alley, blow it clear out to 10 feet from the alley. Blow the foyer out, have a, have a big foyer coming in. The only wall that we can't go this way, State Street is right here. All this wall, all this here, we can go clear back if we wanted to blow out the auditorium. Add uh, big TV screens that will run uh, that we can put in different places so everybody can see everything that's going on. Have a, a, a place for the youth. The youth are meeting upstairs and they, they can continue to do that, but have some more things for them. Redo Kids Town a little bit and do some more things with that. Have some community service. Have some days where we just go and help people in the community. That's what we do. We put a shirt on that says, this is we're here to serve, and we're from True Life Church. We're not charging them anything. We just love to do this, and we're, we're just here to help. Add services, of course. Maybe even another balcony on the, you know, this place was built like with the balcony here. The same structure is on the other side that will take a balcony. It's just not there. Maybe we'll put that there for offices or whatever. I don't know. How about redo the parking lot? That thing hasn't been done since the whole building was put up in the 90s. All that stuff is going to cost funds. But God is not worried about it. And if it's his will, it's his bill. If he guides, he'll provide. I get that. And he'll use us to do it. I get that. But we have to change our small thinking to big thinking. 
Now, we can't do all that at once. We'll pick whatever the Lord says, and we'll pick a project, and we'll see it happen. But this is the master's attitude. Money wasn't all that in a bag of chips to him. Before, that's what money was. It was just like, whew. I don't know. Have you ever felt like you just needed to hoard something? Maybe I'm just talking to me. I don't know. Sometimes you're like, oh, man. I don't want, I just, that's, I finally got $10. I'm going to stick this, you know. What if somebody needed that? Or if God said, go do this. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me. I put money away and I thought, oh, this is great. I finally got some extra cash. And uh, it doesn't always happen this way. So please, he's not just like, ah, I'm waiting on the opportunity to take your cash. But I've been somewhere, I've been, and, and God will say, go buy their meal. Okay. And I'll do that. Why? Because I'm just the steward. You've got to understand, as the steward of God, you and I are stewards. He uses us as funnels. Remember we talked about a test? When we get paid, we're t- who, who are we going to say, God, ever, all I have is yours. And see, there's wrong teaching going around that says, you know what? If you don't tithe, you're cursed. That's not true. I'm going to say that again. That's not true. Jesus paid for all the curse. Do you know that? So that's what it says in the New Testament. He, he died, so that all that curse is broken. Now, we are still supposed to tithe, but God's not going to love you any less if you don't. You're not cursed with a curse, and you're not this and that. You know, that was in Malachi. That's, I get it. There is Old New Testament, but Jesus bore all the curses. Are we saying he didn't do it good enough? See how quiet it is? It's been taught wrong. I've taught it wrong. But I seek first the kingdom, so I give to God first because it's in his word. And Jesus says we should tithe, so I do. And I give above that. And when he finds you to be trustworthy, he gives you more. And he just uses you as a funnel because he knows he can trust you. It just comes through you, and you'll do with it what he tells you. All of that will be good. So I see money as a tool, and I do with it what God wants, and he supplies it. Deuteronomy 8.18, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. He may establish his covenant. He swore to his fathers into this day. So if he does it for me, he'll do it for you, Period. So that's the attitude the master had. And he commended the steward because it's the first time the steward started thinking of money to better his future instead of just his now. Do you have anybody that as soon as they get paid, they spend it all? I mean, it's just like it just burns a hole in their pocket. I got to have it. Got to have it. It's now. I need it. Honey, that's a $50 corn dog. It's okay. It's good stuff. (laughs) No. Well, I'm just saying, just being able to, to say, God, what do you want me to do? Remember, this, the steward hadn't prepared, and so he spent all he had just blowing it on whatever. If it feels good, do it. The master wasn't saying, good job in stealing. He was saying, you finally recognize money as the power to affect your future. Most people think very temporary. They're thinking right now. Don't wait. No discipline. Taco Bell used to have a thing, satisfy your craving. Remember that? We're open till 3 a.m. When, when Kim was pregnant, 
she'd send me to Taco Bell. And I'd go in there late night. And they knew my name. I'd walk in. Hey, Brett. Usual? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, uh. but I go and get it. And I mean, it'd just be something she craved because, you know, baby was coming. And I don't know, just I'm, I've never been pregnant, so I can't really answer that. <laughs> Touch him till his eyes pop out, Jesus. <laughs> you know, there's, this is what happens. And we've all done this. How many have gotten a car loan and they'll give you the loan for 72 months? And we'll take it because the payment is more manageable. But do you know most cars don't last 72 months? If, if you don't maintenance. There's, I mean, you got to keep up on stuff. Be, or, or you'll wreck it. Something will happen or somebody will hit you and, and you got to go get another car. But you didn't pay the one off. And then you roll the one that you didn't pay off into the new one. And so now... You got, a, you got a car that's not worth anything what you have a loan for. And I'm not saying that's for everybody. I'm not saying I'm not guilty of ever doing that either. I'm just saying that's how a lot of Americans live. It's just, hey, let's just figure this out, hand to mouth. Many of us want to live in the castle, but we don't know how to pay for the taxes or the insurance or the upkeep. Because all that comes with, you know, you... I want, I want to, you, how many have ever watched, uh, I don't know what that show's called, Ty Pennington. It was where they, they go and then they, they just beautify this house or they build this new house and everybody, whoo. If you do a study on the people that get all the new houses or somebody that won a new house in the lot, they get in there and it's just all wonderful. They don't live there long because they can't, their mindset hasn't adjusted to that place. Because big houses have bigger bills. I don't get it. Get a big dog. Bigger yard work. Just saying. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, you have to understand with that comes the management. How do we do that? How do we keep that going? There's balance. So I want, when you look at money, I want you to think long term. God, what do you want me to do? The way to get wealthy is to spend less than you make and save some consistently over a period of time. I get it. Most people that I've talked to don't have an emergency fund. We've went years without an emergency fund. With just the prayer, please don't let anything break down or go wrong. Anybody feel that way? Oh, my goodness. If you blew a tire, <laughs> look in the cushions. Maybe we'll find some change. What do tires cost? I mean, you know, one time for Christmas, I got this. Remember? I don't even know if they make them anymore. Retreads. Anybody ever? I don't know. I got them. I needed new tires. I got retreads. They did not last long. It's like some kid in elementary school took some Elmer's glue and just stuck a new tread on there and <laughs> went down the road after it a little bit and it said, no, thank you. <laughs> See, what happens then is when we just, we panic. And we go, and then now they have commercials. Hey, if you come in here, you can get up to $250 the next day. But do you know they'll charge you like 40% interest? That, they're not going to tell you. But if you need the money and you're panicking. See, people will use debt to go further in debt. 
and they'll think we'll never have trouble. Let me just understand. I, I just want you to hear my heart because we don't ever have the intent of putting ourselves in the corner or putting ourselves, you know, six feet under, under all this debt because our, always our intention is six months, same as cash or 90 days, same as cash, or you don't have to pay for two years. We'll, well, we can do that because we always intend to do that, but life happens. And then something happens and we can't get it done. And that's not rest. And that's not peace. If you have to worry every week how you're going to pay for something, that's not peace. John 16, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. God doesn't want us to live that way. So we start sowing for the future. We have found out that money is the tool, and money helps the kingdom. That's, I mean, in this, up in heaven, you don't need money. They got streets of gold. You don't need money in heaven. Here, it operates on money. But God is our source for that operation. So we start looking eternally instead of temporary. Everything in this natural world one day will be gone. It'll all be burned up. It's all temporary. It's only in this life while we're here that we need money. You can take something temporary like money and give it and sow it into people's lives. And when you give to bless people to touch their lives, it goes into the eternal. You give to a ministry to help get the gospel out, and that money is turned into people. Do you understand that? Because people that didn't know Jesus because you blessed them will find Jesus because they're just like, why did you do that? And they'll come to find the saving knowledge of Jesus because you blessed them. Maybe you used money to do it. Maybe you bought their lunch. Maybe you paid for this or did that. Whatever you did, gave to the missionary. But it is that kind of thing that goes from temporary to eternal. And one day, those people will come and thank you when you get to heaven. That's what Jesus was saying in Luke 16, 9. I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, and that's in the Greek, that means die, they may receive you into an everlasting home. See, Jesus is saying, you got to think past today. Everybody in here gets to live forever. We all do. We just get to pick where? Heaven or hell. We have to, okay, past this moment, past today, what can I do? There's always, what's funny is when you get two families that want to bless each other you get my wife and you get Mallory and Justin and me and together and Kim is like we're paying for this no you're not I'm sending you money I'll send it back no you will not yes I will it is like ping pong point 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 so Justin finds ways to get money to her and she tries ways to get back it's it's entertaining She was given cash the other day, and I watched her stuff it down the banana thing or wherever they kept the fruit at their house, and, and she got caught doing it. She, <laughs> it's the fight of the blessing. No, I'm blessing you. No, you're not. God told me I'm blessing you. So, you know, there's balance, okay? I get it. But we all need things, don't we? We all have needs. We all need to eat. We all need to sleep. We all need to dress. We all need a place to live. God isn't happy if you sleep under a bridge. He doesn't want you to be homeless. He wants to take care of you. 1 Timothy 5.8. Anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. He wants you to take care of your family. He wants you to do that well. He wants you to have nice things. You just can't have nice things having you. In other words, I mean, they're just, it's just stuff. 
Well, Brett, things cost money. Yes, they do. But he will supply above and beyond. Problem is, for me, back in the day, I don't look beyond. Because that's what happens. We just look for, you know, the J.G. Wentworth. It's my money and I want it now. I need it right now. And we see it as our money. And that's the issue. I want us to get our mind off physical things and onto eternal things. So we give money to bless people and help them find the kingdom of God. So when they go to be with the Lord, people will be lined up to welcome. Thank you for giving to the Lord. You remember the song Ray Bolt sang, thank you. That's where he got that song, came out of the scripture. So the greatest use of our money is not just to pay bills. It's not for the house, the car, the food, the clothes. Those are necessary, but the greatest use is eternal use. Is to touch others, showing them the truth of the word, setting them free. One day they'll come to your house in heaven and say, man, thank you for giving. You don't even know all the people you've helped as we've given to breaking bread or uh, different ministries across this great world. So we work together in our fields. We work for Kids Town. We work for 180 to help them find Jesus in a true and living way. We work for seniors. We work for baby boomers. I don't even know the ages of all these, but they're fun to say. New agers, millennials, all of these. But you know who we really, we work for the kingdom of God. We are servants to the kingdom of God. All of those ages, somebody fits in one of those. Nobody knows, I, I, I'm past this, or I'm, I've heard people say, oh, I'm, I'm too old, I don't do this anymore, I don't do that. You know what, Moses didn't do anything until he's 80. With God, all things are possible. Someday, the Lord tarries, we all get to go to heaven. We'll get there in the rapture, or one way, but we'll get there. There'll be scads of people that are lined up to tell you thank you. Every person that helps this church spread the gospel will have equal share in that. That's amazing. The only thing that will last when this life is over is people. People last forever. People live forever. Wealth doesn't. Jewelry doesn't. Cars, stuff. I have, I have a lot of stuff. I like stuff. Things that I like, I mean, that that are just important to me. If you come in my office, you'll see the stuff my kids got me. When I grew up, I liked the original Star Trek. I don't know if anybody else was a Trekkie, but I like Star Trek. So I have a couple Enterprises that are in my... I always thought the Enterprise was the most awesome ship ever. And when I was a kid, I dreamed I was friends with James T. Kirk. (laughs) That stays here. Um, I, you know, I've always liked John Wayne just because he stood up for what he believed in. And, I'm, you know, and I heard he got saved before he passed away, so I'll, I'll be glad to see him in heaven one day. But there's things that, that they meant something to me. I liked you know, uh, certain, certain items. My favorite movie series of all time, Rocky. Absolutely. This is my wife, Kimdrian. And so in my office at home, I have two statues of the Rocky. They're they're about this big. I got one that's all colored, and he's got the uh, shorts Apollo wore, you know, that he beat Apollo or beat Clubber in. And and then I got one that just looks like the statue. 
they mean something to me. I have in my office, I have Peter's sword from Narnia. It's hanging on the wall in there. I'm, gonna, I'm about to bring, because I just got it Christmas, Aragorn's sword. Now, see, to some of you, you're like, that means nothing to me. It doesn't matter to me whether it means anything to you. It meant something to me. Uh, so, you know, to those were things that, that I could connect with. Now, I'm, I'm just telling you as best as I can, in this life, this is about connecting with the Spirit of God. How many know that you have the Holy Spirit in you? And that's how you make this connection. Now, when we were growing up, you know, Kim and I, I mean, she homeschooled before homeschool was even popular. And she got persecuted for that. People were like, oh, you shouldn't home Your kids, your kids don't get to interact with other kids. But then they, they complained in public schools because of all the kids that interacted together. So it's kind of like, all right. But I trusted the teacher. I got to be the principal. Uh, so, you know, there was a, that's what we want to do. And the reason we did that is because in ministry, sometimes we had to move. And, you know, instead of uprooting them from school, it was just easier, you know. We'd have snow at our house. The kids, how come we don't get a snow day? Kim would just say, because you're home. <laughs> so, anyway, all that being said is, you know, we, we are connecting. We're just saying, okay, I have the Holy Spirit. How do I connect? And, I, you know, I wanted to impress my children to the best I, can, I could with God's word so and this isn't uh look at me i i can only tell you my life okay so i'm i'm being transparent here i'm so every night i would tell them a story literally every night and we would gather around the bed and i i made up characters and they were the characters in the story and it was an ongoing saga that went on for years and they would laugh, and we would have so much fun, and we would play uh, Bible trivia, and I would tickle them, and, you know, if they got the right answer, ding, 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 and I would, you know, and they just laugh and laugh. Then we would pray around the bed, and we'd go from oldest to youngest, or youngest to oldest. And uh, in the beginning, Maddie's like, I'm not praying. We're like, we'll sit here, and nobody will go to bed. And pretty soon, the pressure from her siblings were like, Maddie. So I said, Maddie, I don't even care if you just say, God, I love you, or just, Jesus, thanks, amen. So we got her to start to say a couple words, you know, like that, because she was just, and she was, she, it's not that she didn't love God, it's just because I was telling her. That had to be broken, too, so, you know. We go around and get to Mallory, and Mallory would be like, dear God, and she would start with, like, Genesis and go clear to Revelation, and the boys are like, heaven, help us, just pray, just say amen or something. I thank you for my friends at school. Thank you for Tommy and Jimmy and Sally. And, and Zach would be like, boom, boom. <laughs> So I'm just sharing you with our lives. So, we, you know, we, we helped fine-tune all that. We did our devotions at supper. That was the best time for us to do devotions as a family. And, and the little one, uh, Maddie, and they took turns getting the book. And uh, it was a devotion book, and we read it. And then we'd ask them questions. And it would only take like five or ten minutes. So it was easy. But then it, they got older. And again, I'm just talking about the word of God. And I know we've been talking about finances. But you've got to get the word indoctrinated in your life, in your mind, and in how you do things. And so 
you know, back then we didn't even realize how important, I think. <laughs> but that was back in the day, remember, they started doing promise rings. That was big. And so Mallory got a promise ring. And I took her out on this daddy-daughter date, and she got that promise ring. And, and uh, you know, it was a big deal. And we made it a big deal. You know, and, you know, the promise ring was I'm promising to keep myself pure until I'm married. You know, all of that stuff. And so we did that. Well, Zach was next. Zach's like, I don't want no stinking ring. <laughs> like, Lord, I don't know, you know, because, I, I mean, if I was a dude, I probably didn't want a ring. So I'm like, God, what do I do? And this is what the Holy Spirit, now I'm just telling you, he said, get him a sword. And I was like, that's a pretty good idea. Let it represent the Bible. That's a real good idea. So I told Zach, I said, I want you to pick out a sword. He goes, Really? I said, you pick out a sword, I'm going to buy it for you, and you and I are going to have a special time, and I'll present that sword to you. So he picked out a marine, it's real shiny, got the lever, and got a little hangy thing, and he was like, Ugh. so we had this ceremony at the house where I said, you know, as your father, this represents not just me, but this represents the word of God, and I want you you know, and so it stood for the same thing as the promise ring. And so Sam, Sam's like, I want my sword. But we waited until they were, they had to be a teen. That was the, the point where we gave that to him. Sam picked out the biggest sword he could find. He picked out Gandalf's sword. That thing's like huge and weighs, hey, Dad. But we did the same thing. So, Brett, why are you telling me that? What I'm telling you is you cannot go do this on your own without God. I didn't have anybody to ask, and if I did, I didn't know anybody else. That I, I, you know, I'd heard about the promise ring, but we were in all new territory. Why are you telling me that? Because this mindset of expanding to God in finances, you'll be in new territory. You'll be in something that it'll be like, you, you're going to say, I'm not really sure. Uh, I've not been here before. But if you trust him, it will come out to your benefit. If you do what he says and you honor him with your wealth, you will be wealthy because you are a funnel and he will trust you and he'll just keep putting it through you because he can take it wherever he needs it to go because you'll do it. People are eternal. The only thing you really get to keep is what you give away. Other stuff will get burned up. What lasts eternally is what you gave and invested in people. That's what Jesus was saying. Take care of the people by using the kingdom, by being a good steward, and your future will be assured. If you help us spread the good news, the gospel, help us share Jesus to the city and surrounding communities and states or wherever people are going to come from. Those that are watching online, I know they're watching in different states as we speak today. The dividends are off the chart. I mean, God just pushed me past the limit I hadn't been in in a while. And he told me again, I said, I've done that before. And he said, it's been a long time. I was like, yeah, don't, don't ask me to do it again. <laughs> but that's not what he said. He, because, it's, listen, it's not mine. So I just said, okay. And as soon as that happened, things started coming, blessings started happening. I mean, just little things. Like, I mean, I went and got my chainsaw fixed. The guy on the other end of the counter said, no charge. What? I didn't know you. Well, I had so much fun, I couldn't charge you. Okay. 
these wonderful shoes I have on right now. They're the most comfortable shoes I've ever wore preaching in, ever. Those just came in last week. I didn't do anything to get them. I mean, I didn't ask for them, but it was just blessing. I'm just like, these are awesome. I tell down here, I just need to get some more colors. These are great. And they're fun to say. Kohan. I feel like I'm Irish. I like my shoes a Kohan. I don't know. I love them. But it changes your attitude towards what God, this is all yours. I didn't even, this was just blessing. Why? Because he loves to bless you. Because he trusts you. We start thinking now, what do we really, what could we get, how much more could we give? She just asked me the other day, she said, did you, did you sow on this amount? I said, I don't think so. I might have sowed something, but I, I don't think so because I couldn't really recall on that. She's like, right away, let's sow. Why? Because we're like, God, we just love you. So I want to pass all those tests. How can I affect eternity? How can I be a blessing? It's not about money. Money's a tool. It's about your heart. Remember in the beginning we talked about where your, where your treasure lies. Your heart lies also. Your heart follows your treasure. I want to treasure God. I want to be able to say, Lord, if you want me to do that, I'll do it. I stood in McDonald's line one time and the Lord told me, he said, you see those guys? I said, yeah. He said, I want you to buy their breakfast. I said, you've looked in my wallet. This is before the day of every... Most of us a lot of times don't have too much cash on us, do we? Because everything is by card, debit, or whatever. So I want you to buy their breakfast. And I'm like, You've, this is what I have. And he didn't say anything. Then he said, I want you to buy their breakfast. And I said, okay. So they, I just watched them. They gave their order. And I walked up, and they were a rough-looking crew. And I said, hey, listen, I'm paying for their meal. And man, they looked at me like, are you nuts? Who are you? Some of them looked like they were mad at me. I don't know if that's just the look they had or like, I need to slap you. I don't know. But I said, I got this. And the guy looked at me, he goes, what? And the cashier said, really? I said, yeah. So he told me the total, pulled out my wallet and paid it. Turned to the guy and I said, God told me to do that. He told me to tell you that he loves you. And the guy just looked at me and his eyes got real big. And I said, I'll see you later. And I just walked away. That's all I was supposed to say. Someday, that man and his buddies, maybe, I don't know how far that seed went, but I just trust he's going to come up and say, remember McDonald's? I'd be like, because people live forever. This is the last story, and I'm going to have you bow your heads. You remember the time that I was all upset in church, and they were taking offering, and they had that 
gold plate. This is before they had the bags or whatever. <laughs> I hated that gold plate. And you know why? Because I didn't want people to see how much I didn't give. I was ashamed to say that. I'm just telling you, back in the day. And Kim and I, we loved Jesus. We went to church. But I didn't like offering time because I was like, I always felt guilty because I felt like I couldn't give. Now listen to what I'm telling you because I couldn't see myself giving. Do you understand? I, did, I saw myself poor. I couldn't see myself giving. And the Lord spoke to me and I had $10 and we got to the car on fumes. And I, I was like, I gotta get gas. And we had nothing for lunch and Mallory was just a baby. So I'm thinking, and I got to get gas. We were going to get, I I was guessing we're going to get bologna and a loaf of bread and call it a day. And he told me again, I leaned over to her and said, I feel like I'm supposed to give this $10. And she, being who she is, said, well, give it. I'm like, "Do, do you like walking? because we don't have any gas. But I didn't say that, but those things are going through my mind because I'm not trusting God as my source. But I did, I pulled my wallet out, I took the $10 out and I literally just went like this and threw it in. I was mad. I didn't say anything to anybody. I'm not saying, I'm sure people could see it. But I got out in the hall and I told you the story that old man gave me a handshake and there's something in his hand. And this is what he said to me. The Lord wanted me to tell you. Is, and he, I, he couldn't, I don't know, wherever he was sitting, he couldn't see what I threw in. But it was the exact amount I threw in. It was $10. And he said, God wanted me to tell you, as quick as you can get rid of it, I can get it back to you. And I know my face probably turned white. He just looked at me, smiled, and winked and walked away. I don't remember seeing that man ever again. And I went to that church every week. Brett, what are you telling me? This is a heart thing. I don't have all the answers for you other than he is your source. Let your heart be attached to him. All that you have be attached to him. And then just be obedient. That's it. And the rest are details. Bow your heads and close your eyes.